in the influencer space, people like they see people on Instagram, like, oh, I want that. And I need that. But truthfully, we have no idea what's going on in anyone's life, how they got that, what they're doing to get that. And the more you idolize someone, the less you have time for your own self. Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect with Beautiful Disaster. These are the stories of our tribe. They are important, powerful, and will undoubtedly change you. Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect with Beautiful Disaster. First and foremost, I want to thank you for watching and listening. I feel honored that you choose to invest your time with us. Time is absolutely our most precious asset, and if and we do not take it lightly that you gift your time to us. I am beyond excited for today's guest. She is a woman who has pulled herself from the wreckage of her past. She has a very successful and inspiring YouTube channel and also a podcast titled She'd Be Proud. Please welcome Lindsay Atkinson to the show. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here with us and giving the beautiful Disaster Tribe the opportunity to hear your story and to learn from you. And today's topic that you're going to be talking about is breaking toxic habits. And just thank you so much for being here. such a good intro. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to do this. I'm so excited to, you know, be on your show. This is like a big honor. So thank you. The honor is all of ours. Um, I would love for us to dive right in. Um, I had such a pleasure researching you and Um, you know, much, much like we do on social media, all of a sudden, like an hour goes by and I've just been consuming all your content. And I went down the labyrinth of all the videos on your YouTube channel. And I just, I just love you. You, oh my gosh, you you. are, you are beaming with enthusiasm and empowerment and you so openly and so rawly share your story. And then you have all these other videos that are just fun and quirky and like, (laughs) I just just enjoy your content so much. And I know that today is going to be a very powerful episode for the Beautiful Disaster Tribe. So, you know, since our topic today is breaking toxic habits, obviously you had to have had some toxic habits in order to break them. So just take us back to when you were growing up and... Talk to us a little bit about how your toxic habits began. Okay. Um, I have had my fair share of a lot of bad habits. I would say they started around like 13. Um, growing up, I've always dealt with my mom. She struggles with a lot of mental health and addiction, and she's very abusive. Um, and I think that all stems from her mental health as well. And so growing up, I always found that I was like looking for love and I was like looking for attention because I wasn't getting it at home. So, you know, I initially started looking for in friendships and I would like latch on to these friends and, you know, I would notice like, you know, they didn't want to like be my mom, but I wanted like that, like love from friends. And then I would kind of jump to boys and at like the age 13 or 14, I started having uh, boys sleep over at our house all the time. My mom was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like she, anything that got me out of her hair, like made her happy. So I was like 13 and I was having like 16 year old boys sleep over with like the door shut and it was bad. And I was so naive and young and I was like, oh, well, we're just watching movies. It's fine. And it ended up leading to me losing my virginity to rape, which, yeah, it was definitely a tough time, but I think it took me a long time to realize that it affected me. And instead I just started lashing out. Like I first started uh, stealing 
Mm. I would go into like the locker rooms and I'd go through people's bags and I'd steal from them all. And I really had like no conscious thought that like, you know, like I was going to get in trouble or anything. I really was just like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, this is my situation. This is my life. I really had like a horrible mindset about that. And that kind of led to more of like a self-harm thing. And I think the self-harm was a big part of it because of my mom, because we'd be in like a really bad place. But I noticed if she caught me like cutting myself in the bathroom, everything would be good for us. Like it, it right. just watching movies all night and her holding me. So I started equating like, okay, if I hurt myself, my mom loves me a little bit more. Mm. So I started noticing like the more I would act out, the more attention I would get. So it just kept spiraling from there. Like, I mean, I was doing drugs. I was stealing constantly. I was on probation back and forth. There was one time when they were like two seconds away from sending me off to a boot camp. And, you know, I think my, my mom told them like, please don't. Cause she knew like I, I helped her like raise my brother. So right. I was really lucky that that didn't happen. But, and then even when I, got out of high school, like the things didn't really stop. Um, I initially started college and then I completely uh, dropped out after like two weeks. I just felt like I had a lot of self-hatred. I kind of felt like I wasn't worth going to college or like I wasn't going to be able to do anything. So it was just a waste anyway. So I dropped out and I started messing around with like, okay, it was weird. I found out from this girl I won't say her name or anything, but that she was doing these photo shoots where these men would take photos of her and like lingerie or underwear in exchange. They would pay her. And I mean, if someone wants to do that for their job, I absolutely think there's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't like a paid photo shoot with a photographer. Right. It was like men on Craigslist looking for girls to just come to their house and have an excuse for why, why they were doing that. Right. And I didn't think that, I remember when she told me that, I was like, that's wonderful. I never once thought like, oh, this is a bad idea. Now this is and, creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh my gosh, easy money. Like, you know, like I'm not ever going to have a good job, so I might as well do this. So I started going to these men, all these different men's houses. And I'm talking like 40, 50 years old, and I'm like 18 just out of high school. Oh, man. And I would like stand in their living room, and they would take photos of me, and I would leave, and I always felt like, you know, pretty bad. Um, but not but, bad enough not to go back. Yeah. I just felt like I just kept doing it. I think that's where all the habits came from is I just right. kind of kept spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. Well, it's interesting uh, in the beginning of when you were starting to share, you know, you said you started stealing and that led to inappropriate relationships and that led to your cutting. And when you spoke about the reason why you started cutting and the attention that you would get from your mom you know, it makes sense going all the way back that you almost wanted to get caught. Right. I think I did. I, I think I, the thing is, I always got caught with everything I did. Right. And I remember once my grandmother, she's so sweet and she's like, oh, someone's looking out for you. You keep getting caught because they want you to be straight and narrow. And I was like, no, I wanted to get caught. Like right. I wanted people to like know that I needed help. I think it was like a a cry almost like I absolutely I know I know most people that self-harm like I don't think they do it for attention but I did right and I'm okay being like I wanted my mom to walk in and be like oh my gosh are you okay yeah because I don't know how else to get her to pay attention right right I understand um at what point did you start realizing the consequences of your actions you know from the stealing to the yeah. relationships you know when what was your kind of like breakthrough moment so it's weird because growing up, there were like a few times when I was like, okay, this is wrong, but it's like, it didn't, 
it didn't matter yet. And I don't know why I wish I could like figure that part out. Cause there was, I remember when I first got caught stealing first, there was a Chanel bag that I stole from this girl in a locker room. And to me, I'm like, Oh, well I'm miserable. So I, if I steal something like I'm making someone else feel bad and it makes me feel better, which we know isn't the case. Right. And I remember when the cop looked at me and was like, I spoke to this girl's mother and she's a single mom who worked three jobs to get her this bag for Christmas. And I remember feeling like sick to my stomach. Right. Didn't, it didn't deter me, you know, I really felt like I was just so angry that, oh, well, you know, I want them to be angry. I want them to be hurt. And I think that was like an age thing. Yeah. But as I got older, I started noticing like the patterns I was developing that like, it's hard to explain. So I had this friend, Zach, that we'll get into him in a second. Yeah. And he used to say this like whole phrase to me about like, you know, everyone says the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but you know, that's up to you. You know, yeah. you choose if you want to roll away as an apple or if you want to stay. And I was like, Oh, whatever. And I started noticing that, you know, my mom may have been somewhere like at a rock bottom, but I was, you know, I was worse off, you know, I wasn't doing anything different. Um, and there was a time that I was at a photo shoot and this photographer like looked at me and was like, how much could I pay you to have sex with me? And I remember thinking like, no way I would never no, nothing. Right. And I was in this guy's home and for the first time I realized like anything could happen. Yeah. Like could, you know, the whole situation could happen again. Yes. When I was young, like, you know, my mom should have intervened a little bit with letting me have boys sleep over, but you know, I was 18 years old and I was in this man's home yes. and I was the one like in my underwear and I was like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. And right. he's like, why would you respond to a Craigslist ad for a photo shoot if you weren't interested in anything else? And I realized how naive I sounded thinking, well, that's all I thought you wanted. Right. And I ran out. I cried like the whole way home and I got home and he emailed me and was like, Hey, I don't want my wife to find out. I'm going to pay you anyways. Cause we didn't end up doing the photos. Right. And he paid me. And a few days later I was on Facebook and that same kid, Zach, um, I was going to reach out to him cause we were, we had a very innocent, like childlike friendship, you know, but we would like talk about, Oh, well, if we don't get out of this hometown, like we'll get married and we'll right. go sure we get out of it. And he wanted to be a singer and he was always giving me advice. Right. And we had grown apart since I was like maybe 15. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I should reach out to him and see how he's doing. Like maybe he's right. And like, we have hope or something. Sure. I looked on his Facebook and he had taken his own life. Oh like, no. Just yeah, just like two months before that. Oh, and this no. Was, sorry, but I was like, I think it reminded me, I don't know. So I, as soon as I noticed it, I clicked on our messages. And the last message he'd ever sent me was that I was like whining about some boy. And he was like, Lindsay, you could do so much better, but you have to want to do better. And that was the last message he'd ever sent me on Facebook. I read texted and stuff. Right. And I was like, I can do better, but I have to want to do better. Yes. And there were times when I had considered like taking my life and I, I never, I never got there thankfully, but just seeing that someone, someone's so good, you know, yeah. Yeah. Their life when he was so good, like such a good person, it was kind of like a wake up call for me. Right. Like, Hey, like, you know, not everyone is dealt the best card to begin with. He wasn't, I wasn't, but he was right. Like I had to want to do better. Yes. I took the money that that guy gave me, the photographer, because he didn't want his wife to find out. And I was right. like, okay, this is, he paid me like, I think it was like $2,000, which was a lot of money. Wow. I was living in this like little trailer on the side of the highway. My monthly rent was like 250 for all utilities. And I was like, okay, this is enough for like 
nine months for me. Right. Like I have nine months to prove to myself, prove to Zach, prove to anyone that like, I, I can do something differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I necessarily knew the consequences of everything I had done, but I knew for once that like, I wanted to try to do better. Right. If that makes, hopefully that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. Um, so what did you do? How did you consciously start to break that cycle? And I want to acknowledge something that you said too, really quick is that you did have that moment of reflecting on your mom and right. and and that moment of oh my god like i'm everything that right. I, that i don't want to be so yeah. so what did you do you know here you are and you are faced with this horrific news and that message came through you know loud and clear so what did you do so the first thing i actually think of the biggest part was when i thought about zach i thought of my younger brothers so i do have two younger brothers and i started thinking like okay, what if I could do more to where one day I could help my brothers at least, you know, I couldn't help Zach, but my brothers, you know, they struggled. Like currently I have a younger brother who's like 14. I can see he struggled the way I did. And so my goal was all of a sudden I was like, okay, what if I could do something where I got out and I could help them too? Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing I did was I ended up taking the money to enroll into our local community college uh, for photography. And I got a credit card, maybe not my smartest decision. (laughs) And I got my first camera. And it was kind of weird. It maybe I always take it as like maybe life was like, okay, she's done so many bad things that she's finally trying to do well. Like maybe that's, you know, maybe I had a little bit in my favor because I kind of, I remember telling myself, okay, I'm going to give it all my, this one time, I'm really going to give it my all. And if yeah, it doesn't yeah. work, then I wasn't meant for more, which isn't a good mindset. If, you, if it doesn't all happen once, <laughs> keep going. But at the time, that's what I told myself. I'm like, I'm just going to give it my all and see what happens. So I made a photography page and I went into school and I started doing photography. Um, and pretty quickly I noticed like I was good at it and people wanted to hire me. It was back before like Instagram was around and, you know, I started getting all of these wedding clients and I was like, oh my gosh, who do they think I am? Right. <laughs> but I just kept rolling with it. And because of that, I, in my class, there was this boy that I met and I definitely shouldn't have been dating, but looking back, I see how, you know, life kind of lines up properly. It and does. like, if I hadn't met him, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here. Cause right. I met this boy and he was so nice. Like he went to like a nice school. Like I'm pretty sure he wore like uniforms and here I was <laughs> growing up in this tiny town. I'm like, must be nice. Right. And I met his family and I remember walking into his home thinking like, oh, I don't belong here. Right. But they were so kind and loving. He definitely grew up in a house filled with love. And his mom like gave me all these self-help books, all, all these gr- uh, books on personal development. I think she, I hadn't really told him yet. I hadn't really told anyone what my life had been like, um, but I think she could tell. Um, she's like a childhood specialist. So she started giving me all these books on abuse and personal development and self-help. And the more I read them, the more I just wanted to try because I would yes, notice like, oh, yeah. I feel a little bit better than I used to feel. Right. It's nice. Let's keep going. Right. Right. Um, I started meditating. I started making myself go for runs. I still don't like running, but I make myself do it when I'm like really stressed. Right. And I started actively noticing like how I was treating people when I was upset and how when I would treat other people the way I did like, you know, in high school stealing things, like it hurt me the most. Right. So I started really trying to better myself more and more and things just kept lining up. So at the end, close to the end of my relationship with him, his dad walks in the kitchen one day and was like, hey, did you guys hear about that contest on the radio? And I was still living in this trailer at the time, you know, making just enough money to get by. You know, really, I was a lot happier. 
And I'm like, what contest? And his dad says, yeah, there's a contest where they are giving away a free apartment and $67,000 worth of money, prizes, and gift cards so that you don't have to do anything for a full year. And this was in, I grew up in a small town in Georgia. The contest was going to be like near Atlanta. So you'd live in the city. Okay. And I was around, I was just about to be 21. So this was like towards the end of my college. Yep. And the guy that I was dating just so happens wouldn't have been 21 in time. We were both 20. About, I was going to be 21 just in time for the contest. And you had to be 21 to enter. Right. And he wouldn't be. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going to enter this. Right. And his mom convinced me to watch The Secret, which is all about the law of attraction. And I'm going to be honest. At first, when I watched it, I was like, this is bullshit. Bogus. <laughs> I was like, there's just no way. Um but she tried to explain it to me and she's like, no, what I'm saying is if you sit there and walk around saying, I can't have this, I can't have this, all you're going to see are opportunities that lead to you not having it. Yeah. If you start saying, I can have this, or I really want this, I'm going to try for it. You're going to start noticing more opportunities around that line up with that. Because when your mind is super negative, you're going to notice the negative. Absolutely. Um, your mind's positive. You're going to notice the positive. So after watching The Secret, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to try my hardest and I worked so hard. So I entered the contest. I pretended that I was this like uppity girl that I was not. I acted very not myself to get in, but it worked. So what did I, you have to do to get in? Like what were the rules? So to enter, you had to first send a video of why you wanted it. And okay. I was very honest with that and told them, you know, I grew up in a small town and I had never lived, you know, in a big city and I would have never had that kind of money or lived in a nice apartment like that. So I thought that I would really be someone who would cherish it and, yes. you, know, you know, love it. And then they, you also had to put together a social movement. So oh. that convinced me to start a YouTube channel. Oh, YouTube channel. I made a video asking any of my friends, family members, people that didn't like me, anyone to send in a video of voting for me for this contest. I wanted them to say like Lindsay's perfect year because it was supposed to, it was called Avalon's perfect year. Okay. And somehow the video had like got like 3000 views and um all these people started sending me in this clip and the video ended up being like 30 minutes long filled with people saying like oh Lindsay's perfect year all my college students right. and you know people that were mean to me in high school even did it and I was right. like oh my gosh people are just like you know cuz people change obviously since yes. high school everyone was like being so supportive and then you had to come in for an interview. And it's funny because I was nervous the whole time. I walked around and I just didn't feel like I was gonna get it. Um, but I kept telling myself, nope, nope, you've got this, this is for you. Like, you know, this is this is your moment, you know? And, I, and in the end I won, so. It's unbelievable. Crazy, like there was like a, a 10,000 people that entered and it, it was it was insane. Yes. I, clip somewhere of when I they said my name that I won they brought us up on stage and um like the radio show guy for the local thing was there and he's like the winner is Lindsay Marie I dropped to the floor and just start sobbing oh my god my brothers in the back going Lindsay and they're all crying and I even stood up and he's like what do you want to say and I couldn't even speak I was like uh, <laughs> I just kept crying I didn't know what to do I was yeah. just I mean I think it felt like a Cinderella moment where I was like, Absolutely. oh my gosh, like I have a second chance at life. Yes. Like, don't fuck it up. Yes. So. But it's but it's so profound to me that it all started with your mind. Yeah. And you had to retrain your mind. And I love when you were sharing, 
I forced myself to go out and run because I don't like to run. I forced myself to read these self-help books and all of a sudden things started to feel a little bit better. And I think that's so important for women in general and the women in the beautiful disaster tribe. It's not a snap of a finger. Like as much time and energy and effort as you put into being negative and feeding your negative behaviors, you have to put twice as much time, energy, and effort into reversing those habits and the messaging that you're feeding yourself. And and you were right. And it's funny. First time I saw The Secret, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit in my car and wish for a Ferrari. And it's (laughs) poof, I'm going to get a Ferrari, right? Mm-hmm. But that was so not the message. The right. message the message truly is whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Absolutely. So the more you think you can't, you're right. The more yeah. you think you can, you're right. And I am a huge believer in the law of attraction. Yeah. It, it 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 freaking works. But you it have does. but you have to work it. Like you, you don't get to just sit down and wish for something. It's not a freaking wish list. Like, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. that is unbelievable. So here you go. You win a year's worth of free rent in like a nice brand new place. Yeah. So nice. I walked in and I was like, this is a fairy tale. Like right? it was so nice. Yeah. And sixty seven thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. More money than I'd made like in my whole right. you know, 21 years of existence. Right. So, so yeah. what did what did you decide to do with that opportunity? Uh, to not let it go to waste. Yeah. I started working really hard on my photography. I was like doubling up on as many shoots as I could do. Um, and then I also started the YouTube thing because part of the contest was that if you were going to win, you had to run their social media for an entire year. Ah. Yeah. And so I had to really like learn how to be a social media manager, which is, it wasn't something I knew anything about, but I was very open to learn, you know? Um, and because of it, I had gained about 30,000 people on my channel because of the contest, because they had seen it all over the news and there was a lot of people there and I'm like, okay, this is 30,000 people. Like I could just, you know, live out this year and go back to who I was, or I could really, really make this like matter. Yeah. So I did as many shoots as I could and I would save all of the money because I didn't have any bills at the time. Um, I still had, I finished school and I really worked hard on my channel. I was posting like three to four videos a week. Um, and by, I think it was September, October, I had saved up $12,000, which was like enough for me to, you know, move and everything yes. after. Um, and my YouTube channel had just become enough to make a full time, like, um, a little bit more than minimum, minimum wage income. And I was right. like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, that's a big deal in you know, a year. Yes. So I took all that money at the end and I just knew that I didn't want to, not that there's anything wrong with where I grew up in Georgia, but I needed a new start. I needed yeah. somewhere where I wasn't the girl that, you know, was, I mean, grew, growing up, people would call me like goth and trash or whatever <laughs> they wanted to call me. And I was like, I don't know if goth is an insult, but <laughs> right. I don't mind. <laughs> I was like, you know, I just want to be somewhere where I feel like I can start over. So at the end of the year, I moved. You know, I moved out of state to Ohio. I picked a random state on a map and, you know. I love I it. Was- I love it. So many so- of us have played that game where you like spin the globe and you're like point at something. Yeah. But not a lot of people have the intestinal fortitude to actually go there. So that is amazing. Um, one of my favorite YouTube videos that you have on your channel is actually about 10 
steps that are practical application that you can actually start to use in your own life to start breaking toxic habits. So I would love if you would honor us with your 10 steps that you talk about. Absolutely. So I think one of the very first ones is not putting yourself down. I truly realized that if it doesn't matter if zero people believe in you, but if you don't believe in you, it's not going to work. Just like you said, like whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. But I, for the longest time, the reason I would do so many bad things is I'm like, you know, I can't do better. But the truth was I could do better. And I had to realize that no matter what happened in my life before, you know, that I couldn't control, I could control what I did next. So I started really focusing on how I talked to myself, how I treated myself and just making sure that I was a fan of my own, you know? And if you're not, these next steps kind of help you become a fan of yourself. Cause the second one would be not shit talking. Mm -hmm. When I was upset, I would talk bad about people. I would say mean, nasty things. And now when I look back, I'm like, okay, what was that saying about me? It was showing that I wasn't happy that if I was judging someone's outfit, it was probably because I was sad that I couldn't afford to go buy new clothes. And that is not that girl's problem. It's my problem. Yeah. So I really learned to, if I'm thinking something negative about someone asking myself, what does that say about me? Like what is going on with me? Because this person has done nothing to me. Um, And that also goes the other way, like not letting other people's opinions bother you because if someone's thinking bad stuff about you, it's also about them. It's really not about you. If someone doesn't like the content you're making or, you know, someone doesn't like your job or your shoes, let them figure it out. Let them figure out their problems. We always say here that an outward expression is an inward reflection. Oh, I love that. And if you can really start to believe that, it it will help. If you can have empathy towards somebody that's, expressing themselves in a negative way if you can really see through that and and think about how hurt they must be on the inside to want to hurt other people that has helped me tremendously i mean we're a big company we post content all the time and i cannot tell you how much shit talking there is and every time we see a negative post and i've trained all of our um all the people on our staff to think this way too that an outward reflect outward expressions and inward reflection and somebody that has to be nasty it's just how they feel on the inside so i love that tip it is so true hurt people hurt people you know they do they do um i think the next one would be projecting which goes along with the same too like watch like the actions you're taking because when i was upset even when i learned to stop talking bad about people i noticed that my actions were still kind of reflecting what's going on on the inside like Obviously, stealing was a reflection of me wanting attention or, you know, hanging out with those guys was a reflection of me wanting love. And so I really watched my projection and my blaming Mm. because sometimes we can't control things that happen. Like, I'm not going to blame myself for being raped, but I can still take responsibility of what I do next. Like, he's responsibility. He's responsible for what he did. And that's his demons that he has to work on. He has to live with that for his life. But I realized that the longer that I was like blaming him for my life or blaming my mom, like I was kind of letting them win over me. Right. Like I'm going to let them deal with what they've done and I'm going to deal with what I can do. So I stopped doing the whole blame game and like kind of taking responsibility for what's going on now because I can't change them, but I can work on like now and, you know, take responsibility of what I can change. Yes. You know, that that is so 
That is so powerful because when we blame others, we feel like it's an excuse, mm. but really we're not even giving ourselves permission to heal or be free or move forward. And nobody says you have to completely forgive everybody or forget. There's just a letting go when you can let go of the other person's side and just you. That's all you can do. The only side of the street that you have control over is your own. So that's that's very profound. Um, and I think the next one would probably be waiting till you're ready. Kind of like you talked about um, having to force myself. No one in the beginning loves doing most things. I always get questions like, how do you stay motivated? And I'm like, you know, a lot of people don't wake up just wanting to go to work. A lot of people don't wake up just wanting to do all the things. They don't always get motivated in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but if you force yourself to do the things that have the long-term benefits versus like the short-term, like, of course I want to sleep in, but the long-term benefit of me getting up and working is that I'll have money to support myself. Yeah. So I started realizing I was always waiting like, oh, well, one day I'll be motivated to get up earlier. One day I'm going to be motivated to get a job. And yes. truthfully, no one is ever ready to do those things. Yes. You know? So you have to realize that you're not going to be ready. And it's easier to it's easier to work towards a long-term goal than a short-term goal. Because the moment you start doing it and you see the, the results, you want to keep going. Yes. Like, okay, this is hard. But the results are really worth it. It's like when you start saving money. You know, at first it's only a few bucks, but then... All of a sudden, when it goes from two digits to three and from three digits to four, it gets oh, more exciting, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. And a, a lot of people suffer from what I like to call someday aisle. Mm. Someday I'll do this. Someday I'll do that. There, there ain't nobody living on someday aisle. Like, <laughs> you, you got you to gotta do it. And it doesn't always come naturally and it doesn't always come easily, like, Right. They don't call it work for nothing. You have to work at these things. So yeah, waiting till you're ready is like taking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. Uh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> that's, that's so true. Yes. Um, I think the next one is thinking that you can't have something because you haven't had it before. Mm. Kind of like that lack mindset. Yes. Because I, I always thought, oh, well, I didn't come from a loving home. I can't have love or oh, I didn't come from money, so I can't have money. And that's absolutely not true. Yeah. You have to realize that you shouldn't estimate your worth based off of your current situation. Yes. You know, you should estimate your worth based off how much you're willing to keep going, your resilience, your strength. Yes. Um, and I had a really lack mindset for a while, but once I realized, like, no, I can, I'm willing to work for it, then yeah. I can have it. It may take me a little longer than someone else, but that's okay because we all have our own timing. Yes. I love that. Um, and the next one would be realizing that mental health is a big deal, taking care of your mental health, watching my mom grow up. You know, even now, I just recently had to completely cut her off, which was really hard. Yeah. She came to visit us here, and it was just kind of like the final straw at this age where I realized, you know, I kind of dealt with her for so long growing up, and I love her, and I'll always love her. But I had to realize that, you know, you don't always get a fairy tale ending with every single relationship. You have to learn when to... This is kind of a two-part. <laughs> you have to learn when to cut people off yeah. because you can't be like an all-access pass. And if you're giving people, you know, enter the the permission to enter your space and they're doing nothing but hurting you, yeah. Ask yourself, okay, well, she's my mom, yes. But if this was was some stranger that was constantly texting me and telling me that I ruined her life and that she hated me, 
I probably wouldn't deal with it. No. I've helped you a lot because I've given her thousands of dollars that I wouldn't do that for someone else. So I love her and I'll always wish her well, but I realize I'm not an all access pass and I have to put people in my life that treat me the way I treat them back. Right. Right. Um, the other part of that was the mental health, you know, growing up with her, it wasn't always bad. When I was younger, I had these beautiful moments with her where I remember us like watching Gilmore girls and me crying over my first, you know, breakup and, you know, that just, it didn't stay that way because her mental health has continued to decline because she right. doesn't do anything about it. And I noticed for a while, my mental health started to decline. Even after winning the contest, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, my life was just going to change right. but I to actively take care of myself. It yes. was about, you know, a year or two after the contest where I just broke down and I just felt right back to stage one for a few days. It was probably like a few weeks at a time where I just thought I should give up. And I realized that there was something going on. Yeah. And I spoke to a therapist and I was diagnosed with BPD, which is basically um, where because of my trauma, I didn't learn how to communicate my emotions. And I was definitely someone for a long time that when I had the YouTube channel and, you know, the Avalon stuff, I pretended that I just, that, that was it. That was my life. And I didn't have anyone before. Right. And I, that even though no one else could see it, I was carrying around all this trauma on like an invisible suitcase and it was eventually going to open and explode. Yes. Yeah. I really think taking care of your mental health, even if you don't think that you're dealing with something, it's so, it's so good just to talk to someone, even if it's just a, like a friend or a family member, like it can, it can really change how you like realize like that your insides are needing care too. Yeah. A lot of people talk about self care lately and I see all these things talking about like face masks and I'm like, no, Self-care is internal. It can't be external. It has to be, self-care is like making sure your insides are okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely a big one that I think affects a lot of people. Um, another one would be idolizing. Mm. I would always people, I'm like, oh, I, I want what they have, or oh, it must be nice oh, to be this is so, so, so important. There, oh. right now more than ever, I, I'm, I'm very excited for you to talk about this because yeah, in the influencer space, people like they see people on Instagram like, oh, I want that and I need that. But truthfully, we have no idea what's going on in anyone's life, how no. they got that, what they're doing to get that. And the more you idolize someone, the less you have time for your own self. Yeah. The less you're actually putting in effort for yourself. And I used to idolize so many people. Like I'd see them, you know, living these lives that I thought I wanted and now that I look back, it's like, no, I have to focus on my life because we I need never to idolize ourselves. Yes. We definitely need to learn to like love ourselves more than yes. we love people on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. I know it's, um, it's a lot, you know, I, I have, we have hundreds of thousands of women in the beautiful disaster tribe. And on a daily basis, I read all the comments. I'm very active in our private group, which is a very sacred space. It's, it's where women can really share their stories and get support and love. And it's frightening how much people are looking at other people and comparing themselves and feeling less than. And yeah. it's the whole reason we created Beautiful Disaster as a brand to embrace our perfect imperfections, to wear our stories like a badge of honor. And I have to, I have to say something, I have to compliment you because I told you I was lurking your, your YouTube <laughs> and when you really look at your YouTube, you can see where your shift happened. Mm. You can see where you were. I don't want to say only because I know your story now. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say where you weren't being authentic, 
but oh, you, but I you can say that. Yeah, but you can see this like breakthrough moment when you were like, okay, I'm going to tell you who I really am. Right. And the the shift in your content, the shift in your engagement, the shift in your subscribers, the shift in your following, like, I just want to say thank you for playing that out, you know, for the world to see because going <laughs> going back to where you weren't telling your real truth is so important for people to see. So I'm right. so glad you had those moments of pretending. Right. Because you have this reference of authenticity of of deciding that right. you needed to be authentic, that you wanted to share your story and that you really wanted to help people connect with who you really were. And it's it, it's amazing to watch. So thank you for your vulnerability and uh, your willingness to to share what has happened and how you've overcome it, because it's it's I know it's helping people for sure. Thank you. Well, that was pretty much like one of the biggest ones I would say of the habits is letting yourself just be honest. It is so hard to pretend like you weren't someone that you were. Yeah. I used to think like, oh, well, I was a bad person, but I realized no, I wasn't a bad person. I was a learning, growing, hurting, not healed person yet. Yes. But it's hard if I was to come out and tell people like, love yourself. And they're just like, okay, well, how, do, how would you know what I've yeah. been through? I can say like, no, like I do. Right. And for so long, I would try to tell people like, no, no, you could, you can do better. And they're like, you don't understand. And I finally realized in order for me to really help someone, I had to help myself and I yeah. had to accept who I was. And the longer I was ashamed of it, the more I really wasn't even loving myself because right. I had to realize that anyone watching, anyone who's gone through anything is still amazing just how they are. You know, if you can find purpose in what you've been through, yes. it like changes your whole life meaning you know I used to look back with so much anger and like sadness and now I'm like you know it sucked I'm not going to pretend it was rainbows but it's really purposeful now absolutely and and that is that is so on point with everything that um, we're trying to cultivate in the beautiful disaster tribe is because we all have a story absolutely and sometimes when you're you know looking through social media and everything looks like butterflies and fucking unicorns it's not (laughs) It's not, it's not. And we love women like you who tell the truth. Like everybody has a story. I don't care if you're a Beyonce or a Kardashian, like we all have stories and to empower women to share these stories of failure and trauma and pain and tragedy, but also growth, acceptance, self-love, success. That's when all of us come out of the fire and we're reborn like the freaking Phoenix. Yes. That is exactly what is happening through stories like yours and stories like of, you know, the women in this, in this tribe. And it fills my heart so much when I find women like you who have been through hell and back And now you're being of service to others and helping them figure out their way out of hell. So I I can't thank you enough for for your openness and your honesty. Yes. And please, um, 
tell everybody, tell our audience where they can find you, where they can follow you. I know you're working on a book, which you have yeah, talked about. So give us all the deets. Okay, so the book, I don't have a date yet, but hopefully 2020. Um, but I would say the easiest place to find me is on Instagram because I share links to everywhere. It's at Lindsay with an A dot Adkinson. Okay. Um, but if you ever want to find me on YouTube, you can also just search Lindsay Adkinson and my podcast is She'd Be Proud. So tell me how you came up with that name. Well, there was a time, it's kind of the whole accepting where you came from. There was a breaking point. Uh, I am married now where I was sitting, I was sobbing. This always makes me tear up. I was sitting in our bedroom and I was just crying and I was like, you know, sometimes I just look back and I feel so bad for how mean I was to my, my younger self. Like, you know, cause I would, when I was in a bad place, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was disgusting. I did this. I was horrible. And I used to be so, I would give myself guilt for being human back then, or I would give myself guilt for being, you know, a growing person who went through hard times. Right. And right. I realized that if my younger self was to see me now, you know, she wouldn't have been like, especially even in the times when I was struggling, I don't think she would have ever looked at me and been like, oh my gosh, she sucks. You know, I picture my younger self who, so I would always read these books. I would love to read books where there was like the strong female character, like the Hunger Games. And yes. I, for, as a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be that. I want to be so proud of myself. And I was sitting there and I was talking to Noah and I was like, I used to think like she'd look at me and be like, wow, like I'm so ashamed. I was like, but I think she'd be kind of proud. Oh, so it's you. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling Noah that, and he was like, she wouldn't be proud. And ever since then, I've just been like, she, yeah, she'd be proud. And it just Oh, like I freaking love that. That is such Thank a you. special. Thank you for clarifying that, because I, 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 I follow the podcast, and I've listened to the podcast, and I'm always like, I didn't know if she'd be proud is like for mom, or, mm. but I love that it's you. Thank you. I'll give you a little tip that I haven't told anyone else. Yeah. So that will be the book name because it's going to be the whole story. So at the end, I'm going to end it with like that moment. Oh so my gosh. I love it. And I agree with you, Lindsay. I think she'd be proud. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm so <laughs> to meet you and talk with you. This yes. Is a serious honor. Oh, thank you. The honor and privilege is ours. And I just know that all the women in the tribe are going to connect with you. And, you know, I'll end it by just letting you have the floor, um, you know, to say anything that you would like to say to the beautiful disaster tribe. This is a tribe of hundreds of thousands of women who, you know, some of them are still stuck in those behaviors. Um, some of them are just starting to figure out how to crawl out of, you know, the holes of hell and of their past. We have women who have been reborn um, and they are completely changing their lives. So I would love for you to end our time together with just some of your words of encouragement for the tribe. Sorry, I've literally teared up this whole time, but <laughs> I would say the biggest thing is to keep going. I often think about Zach and how, you know, he, he, you know, ended his life. And I wonder like where he'd be if he just kept going. Yeah. And yeah. I think any of us, if we have resilience, and strength to just keep getting back up. Yeah. Like eventually life's gonna be like, wow, she is a warrior. Yeah. Like I have hit her and hit her, but she keeps getting back up. I I don't have anything else to throw at her. Yeah. You know, and I can be hard because some people are dealt like way worse cards than I could have ever imagined. But I just have to say, get back up, you know, keep going. Yeah. Cause there's only so many times you can get hit before your life's gonna be like, all right. I give in. You are the strongest. I love that analogy. It's like life beats us up. 
we just need to hit back harder <laughs> and be the one that makes life weak instead yeah. of life making us weak. Like I love that. In a fight, somebody's going to get tired first. Mm -hmm. And if we just sustain our energy and we just keep fighting back, at some point, they are going to get knocked out. <laughs> it's, it's okay if you're sad through it. Like there were sometimes yeah. so sad. Even when I first won the contest, I just, I had like this imposter syndrome where I just felt afraid to even go out of my apartment. Cause I was like, oh, everyone's going to know that I don't belong here. But I realized you're allowed to feel those feelings, but feel them. But like, no, I'm still going. Yeah. Like I acknowledge you're there fear or whatever it is pain, but I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I, I call it catch and release. So mm -hmm. all of us have fears constantly right. all day long. They're coming in. And um, I catch a fear, I acknowledge it, and I release it. I call it catch and release. Because I do, I take a moment where I go, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then I acknowledge that, and then I release it. So it's, it's so true. We just have to, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of practice. Absolutely. <laughs> it really does. Lindsay, it has been an absolute honor to speak with you and I hope that everybody continues to listen to you and to um, check out your content on YouTube and on Instagram and keep their ear out for your book, which you will formally announce, but we got a little teaser. <laughs> She'd be proud. Um, and thank you to everybody who's watching Perfectly Imperfect with Beautiful Disaster on our YouTube and across all of our social medias and on our podcast. We promise to bring you valuable content and share with you stories of incredible women that will undoubtedly inspire you, empower you, and change you from your soul. So, Lindsay, thank you again so much thank for being here. Thank you so here. much. It's been an honor. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.